0: Good Risings, I'm Liz Earnshaw and this is Hash It Out. I am so excited for this week's episodes. We are going to be talking about attachment styles, and who better to talk about attachment styles with than my friend Sylvie Hukassian. Sylvie is an expert on attachment styles, and she talks about them in a way that is nuanced and that brings in a different layer of understanding. Sylvie is actually such an expert on attachment styles that she has the number one course on attachment. So if this is something you struggle with, I definitely suggest it. It's called Attachment 101 and it's a four week deep dive into attachment and how to navigate that in all of your relationships, not just romantic relationships. And you can find that at createthelove.com attachment. Okay, so let's hop in to my conversation with Sylvie. Sylvie, I am so excited to have you here today because you are the attachment styles queen. You know everything there is to know about attachment styles. And on top of that, you also talk about them, I think, in such like a modern, relatable, nuanced way that helps them to feel much more accessible than I think they sometimes feel in, you know, a textbook or in a lot of the blog posts that are out there. But for the listeners who don't know, would you take a moment, please, to describe what exactly we mean when we talk about attachment styles? What are they?
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm so honored to be able to have this conversation with someone that I just adore and admire so much, firstly. And yes, you know, I've been working with the attachment theory framework for about, 10 years now, and working with that as a relationship coach. So attachment theory was a theory that was researched and founded by John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth. And there was a ton of research to basically explore the relationship between a child and their caregiver in those very few early ages of life, and how that child was bonded to their caregiver based on how emotionally attuned the caregiver was how available they were when they felt scared, when they really needed them, and and available in a way that was appropriate to what their actual needs were essentially led to four different attachment styles. The first being secure attachment, which is when a caregiver is responsive to the child's needs in that appropriate way, in a quick enough way where the child feels seen and heard and feels really safe with their caregiver. It's not about perfection. There's so much research nowadays actually that shows that there's a lot of room for error, even with secure attachment, but what the difference is is what makes it secure is that the repairs happen really quickly and the the caregiver and the child find each other back and the attunement goes back really quickly. And then there is anxious attachment, which is about that caregiver relationship that feels more inconsistent. So there's times where the caregiver is really present, really attuned in a really appropriate way. And then there's other times where The caregiver is not available whether they're going through their own stuff they're maybe preoccupied with their own mental health challenges physical health challenges or maybe they're working all day and they're just literally not there and there's obviously someone else there but there is not the same attunement when it's not coming from the primary caregiver and so that level of inconsistency can create a lot of anxiety for a child and they can grow up to become an adult who is more preoccupied in their love relationships and their friendship relationships and is always wondering is this connection going to go away is this person going to be present for me do they care about me so they can start to become really fixated on those things there's also a lot of strengths they can be really amazing in relationships really valuing emotionality and have really strong right brain skills in that they can be really attuned and care about the people in their lives so i want to speak to the strengths in, in this as well And then there is dismissive avoidant attachment, which is about having a caregiver that was not really responsive most of the time, maybe rejecting, you know, shaming about the child having needs. Maybe the parents were much more left brain and logical, so they didn't really value or have the experience of somebody being emotionally tuned into them. So that was what was repeated back towards their child. And so that child, you know, after making these requests to have their needs met at really young ages and not having it responded to over and over again, starts to go really inward, starts to auto-regulate their own emotional experiences. So they can grow up to be adults who are very self-sufficient, really good at taking care of their own things. They have really strong left brain skills, but they can really struggle with the right brain and not being able to be emotionally as connected as they would likely want to be. I'm really struggling in relationships to bond and to connect. Some of their strengths can be, again, having strong left brain skills, so they can do a lot of incredible things. They're very good at allowing their friendships and partners to have space, their understanding of that space, because that's something that they really benefit and need themselves. And then the last one, which was brought on later by Mary Main and Judith Solomon, which is the fearful avoidant attachment, which is about having a caregiver that was really fearful in the way they approach the child. Not always, but enough times where the child is conflicted. Sometimes they could rely on their caregiver, other times they couldn't. There's words that is often described of confusion, internal split of, I really want to bond with this person, but I'm also really afraid of them. And you know, caregivers can be going through a lot of their own losses in this scenario, really grieving their own things that they didn't have support themselves with, or just traumas that get passed down intergenerationally. I've seen this a lot in immigration families where they're just having to completely uproot and start a whole new family. You can imagine the trauma and then that gets passed down to the child. So this person can struggle in relationships because they, again, really deeply value relationship, which is different than the dismissive avoidant type, but they can struggle to trust. They can feel sometimes used, betrayed because they've had to be so hyper fixated on the caregiver's needs that they almost start to lose connection with the self.
0: That was beautiful. That was a wonderful way to describe it. And I think you did such a good job of bridging the childhood to the adulthood and how these things might come to be in childhood, what they might look like, and then how they play out in our adult relationships. And one thing I was curious about is, are there other things that can influence this beyond childhood. So is it possible for a child to have a secure attachment and then actually later on find that in their adult relationships they feel really anxious or that they have a more insecure attachment and then later on they find that they actually feel really safe and secure. So I guess my question is, do they change over time?
1: Absolutely. Beautiful question. This is something that I talk about a lot, actually, in my new course, Attachment 101, where there's so many other things that impact our relational tendencies, because that's what we're looking at when we're talking about attachment, is how it affects our adult relationships. And we it also helps us understand and integrate our childhood stories. But there's so many stories far beyond the childhood, right? child getting severely bullied in early elementary, middle school years, what their relationship like is with their siblings, you know, sibling relationships can play a huge role in how we trust and relate to other relationships as adults. Our natural temperament. Some people are more what's called a HSP, you know, hypersensitive person. Somebody that's struggling with medical or other mental health challenges is going to affect their relationship. Systemic oppression. There's so many different factors, which is why I'm so glad you asked this question because using the attachment framework, it's important to remember that it's one map. It's a really great, important map, but it's also, it needs to be weaved in with other information that really shapes the context of how we relate in our relationships.
0: Yeah, and I think that when you can think of all of those different things, what you can do is bring a lot of compassion to yourself because you can recognize different reasons you might not feel safe in relationships, which when I think of attachment, that's what I think of is safety. And so if you have any of the quote insecure attachment styles, it's really about I don't feel like safe in this space. And it could be based on the childhood stuff, but it could also be based on, like you said, bullying or environmental experiences or having a partner who had an affair and it kind of rocked your world. So all of this is a great framework. And there's like a lot of different things that could kind of qualify into why someone might feel anxious or avoidant in relationships. Absolutely.
1: And that's one of the questions that I often get asked is, you know, someone will say, I have all those behaviors of this type of dismissive avoidant type, but that was not my relationship with my caregiver at all. So why do I experience like this? And you said it perfectly because there are so many other factors that shape how safe and secure we feel in our adult relationships. And I agree with you, attachment is all about safety and security, which is what we need to experience in our adult relationships in order for there to be trust and connection and vulnerability and all of those things. Beautiful. So, this week for
0: everyone listening, we are going to be answering listener questions about attachment. We have some, a question that is about infant attachment, So we'll be talking about it in terms of younger years. And then we also have plenty of questions that are about adult attachment. And so we are going to dive in this week. So make sure that you tune in tomorrow on Tuesday and the rest of the week to just become attachment experts with Sylvie. Thank you so much for being here with me today. My absolute pleasure. I can't wait to dive in.